Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where OP destroys the life of the man who beat him as a kid. My parents were renovating their house about a year ago and they needed an electrician to move some lighting fixtures. Generally, I have a friend that's my go-to electrician for stuff like this, but my parents had hired a guy to paint the living room and needed this done quickly. My electrician friend happened to be on vacation, so he wouldn't be able to get out to me until after the painter was already scheduled to come. After referring with a couple of other friends, they recommended an electrician. We are all from the same country and happened to immigrate to the same small town. So people within our culture generally recommend other people from the same country. The electrician comes by for a quote. I never met him individually. And he tells my parents that it's all based on the amount of time it would take and that he can't give them an exact quote because he doesn't know how much time it's going to take until the job is already started. My parents think this sounds reasonable and end up hiring him. Just as an aside, I installed Nest cameras for my parents in their living room facing the front door. So we had a good view of the area where the job was being performed. This job takes him about an hour and he literally sat on my couch on his phone for about five hours. Watching TV, kicking his feet up, waiting for my mom to get home so that he could show her the work is completed and charge her like six hours for a job that took him about an hour. Which I confirmed how unprofessional his behavior was on my Nest Cam. My parents didn't want to cause any friction, so they paid him for the amount of time he charged them. I believe it was like 500 bucks for something that should have really cost like 150 or so. Anyway, the lighting fixtures were installed, he received his check, and went on his merry way. My electrician friend later confirmed that this guy had seriously upcharged my parents. A few months later, I decided to take a side gig selling solar as a 1099 employee. I was making decent money at my existing job, but I had a wide enough network where I could help people around me with generally good solar deals and make some good money for myself on the side. The company I connected with would give me, quote, my price on panels, including installation, as well as on the roof if a roofing job was required. My price was extremely good, and the way I made my money was by tacking on my fee at the end, built into the roof price and the per watt price of the panels plus installation. Much like my parents found the electrician, this same electrician, who I had never met, found me inquiring about a roofing job. I told him that I don't do standalone roofs, but that I could package something for him including solar, which would get rid of most of his electricity bill. He said he didn't have the money up front for the roof or the panels, which is fine because we can finance and it started to sound like he was a little bit desperate as his roof was leaking and he didn't have the capital to fix it. Generally, when I go to a client, I try to keep the price down and make it more desirable for the client. I'd rather make less money than no money. So I generally make around 3,000 to 5,000 per install, which is a win-win. When I got the call, I thought the guy's name was familiar. And sure enough, it was the electrician who had helped my parents and left a bad taste in my mouth. At this point, I knew he was desperate for a resolution to his roof issue and I knew he barely spoke any English. So my word was going to be gold. I set up an appointment to go meet with him in about a week. I knew that I was going to upcharge the stuffing out of him. Due to the language barrier he would have with other installers, his desperation, and the fact that he upcharged my parents. 
I got the price quote from the installer that said that the roof would cost about $10,000 for a strip and re-roof. This was a really good house, as the house was a multifamily unit and I was expecting the quote to come around $15,000. They also gave me the price on the solar panels, which would be around $15,000. So the price I was looking at for the project was around $25,000. Generally, on a good situation like this, I might have called in $29,000 total, got him a spectacular deal, make a couple grand, and called it a day. But I was thinking, screw this guy. So I adjusted the cost of the roof to $19,000 and the price of the panels to $21,000, half expecting that I would eventually need to come down on the pricing at some point. I went over there to meet up with him, proposed his setup, told him how good the quality of the roofing job would be, which is accurate, and that the solar system would virtually wipe out his electricity bill, and that I would get him set up with a 25-year loan to keep his monthly payment down. He agreed to this, was excited to get his roof done, and really didn't care much about the panels. But they were part of the bundle and on we went. Once everything was installed, I was paid out on my deal and went to cash my $15,000 check. I went to my parents' house and gave them $1,500 each and explained to them what had happened and how I stumbled upon a $15,000 commission check. Just so it's clear, there is nothing shady about what I did. It was way more expensive than it needed to be and everything was disclosed to him properly. He just paid more than he would have had to, even if he simply shopped around. But at the end of the day, it's well within my rights to charge whatever I want. Like, it's within the rights of the customer to tell me to F off. A big chunk of what he paid is covered by incentives, but he still paid way more than typical. Moral of the story, especially for contractors, plumbers, electricians, and mechanics. Don't screw people because you're more aware of how things work than they are in a particular field. Because you might end up getting screwed later tenfold. <laughs> OP, you should have sent him an itemized invoice. Fixing the roof and installing the solar panels, $15,000. Sitting around for six hours laughing at how stupid you are, another $15,000. Our next Reddit post is from thatchick321. My father is a plumber. Great guy, does the work you want and does his best on every job. Acting like it's his own home to try to make sure the customer is satisfied. He was doing a job at a home where they wanted a complete bathroom remodel. Asking the owners of the home the whole way through specific things. Where they wanted the sink, shower, and toilet to be located. What kind of tiles, what designs for said tiles, even down to what color grout they'd want. He did everything to their specifications. And on one of the last days of work, the day he was grouting everything, they decided to say it wasn't the correct tiles, they didn't like it, and were going to pay him half of what he quoted them. Half of what he was owed for this two week long job. Two weeks being a decently short amount of time to demo and rebuild a whole freaking bathroom. He told them that this was wrong, that they literally picked everything, so why was it wrong now? They didn't care, told him to finish and leave. My father, ever the people pleaser, did so. Except he mixed sugar in with the grout, then grouted their bathroom. Their whole bathroom was finished with sugar grout, guys. He only got paid half, but they had to spend much more than that on bug sprays for years. Years! Nothing could keep the bugs away from that sweet, sweet bathroom. 
according to a neighbor of theirs who was a friend of my father's. Don't F with your servicemen. Pay them. Don't be a prick or they may just be extra sweet. The funny thing is that down in the comments, someone asked OP how come the homeowners never blamed OP's dad for the crumbling grout? <laughs> well, apparently, they assumed that the crumbling grout was because of all the bug bombs and bug sprays they were using. <laughs> this is the revenge that just keeps on giving. Our next Reddit post is from Zrask Gilda. This one is my favorite of all the multilingual escapades I've had. Years ago, I was running a kitchen for one of those typical Lebanese-American-style diners. Seriously, more often than not, it was just me back there. It sucked. But I needed the job. The owners thought I was going to be easy to screw over. And they'd talk all kinds of garbage to each other, apparently not remembering that I had explicitly said I'm proficient in Arabic when they hired me. So I recorded these conversations, my state is single party consent, that often bled into them trying to make me cover for them on major health code violations. Seriously, they expected me to cover for them while they talked garbage about me with me right in front of them. So I quickly began searching for a new job and continued to document the bejesus out of everything. Every single thing. I had pictures, timestamps, temp logs, all of it. And then they messed with my pay. I was willing to just walk away and leave it at that. But then they messed with my pay. Everything that I had been gathering as my just-in-case plan became the weapon I needed it to be. I confronted them about the very obvious wage theft. They denied it. Even in the face of the major discrepancies in work hours, set wage, and amount withheld in taxes. That night, I got a call from another place I'd applied to asking if I was still interested in the position. Obviously, I was. Told them I could start in about three days. I walked in for my next shift with prints of everything in a file, put everything on the table and told him, you've been stealing from me. I have all of this in proof of that and all of this ready to go to the health department, labor department and IRS. Pay me what you owe and this doesn't see the light of day. <laughs> he was very quick to pay me in cash the amount that I had recorded missing from my checks and took the files and started shredding them. As I turned to leave his office, I turned back around and told him, in Arabic, I could understand you the whole time, you pig hugger. And I walked out, quit on the spot. Of course, he didn't have the only copies of those files. When I got home, I sent everything off to the relevant departments. He was shut down about a month later. Man, I... Every single time it happens, I will continue to be bewildered. Why do people screw over the workers who know all of their dirty secrets? That doesn't make any sense. Our next Reddit post is from Kveldsen. When I was 15, my mom started dating a man she met on a dating website. I didn't like him the first time I met him, and two months later, he moved into the house. About three weeks after he moved in, he took my skateboards, self-built halfpipe, ramps, BMX bike, ice hockey gear, and many other things to the dump one day while I was at school. He said he did this because he didn't want all of my garbage cluttering up his garage. 
Maybe two months later, he punched me in the stomach for the first time because I got up from the dinner table without asking to be excused. From there, it escalated into full-fledged beatdowns for the smallest perceived slight to his authority. One day, he decided to take my extensive Pokemon card collection, even more extensive comic book collection, my Game Boy and PS2 with all the assorted games, and my fantasy and sci-fi book collection and got rid of it all because 15-year-old boy should be playing football and baseball, not being a bundle of sticks nerd playing with Pokemon cards and reading comics and books. I would like to add that he was a middle school teacher and in his off time refereed and umpired local middle and high school sports games. My mom never intervened and in fact acquiesced when he demanded that she stop giving me lunch money because the little turd will just spend it on comics and other gay garbage. One day I took maybe $3 and change out of his change jar so that I could buy a slice of pizza and some fruit punch during lunch at school because I was tired of being hungry. My twin sister was always a bit of a butthole and frequently blackmailed me into doing her chores from a young age. I was fed up and refused to do something so she told him what I'd done. This man actually called the police and pressed a larceny charge against me and once the police had left proceeded to beat me senseless. At that point I ran away. When the cops found me and returned me to home, I found out that he had been trying to talk my mom into sending me away to military school or something of that nature. I ran away again and between having run away several times and the larceny charge ended up turning 16 in juvenile detention. I spent the next couple years miserable and afraid, frequently contemplating suicide. Once I was out on my own, I didn't speak to my mom for several years. We eventually reconciled and by that point they had married. I was a lot bigger than I had been as a young teenager and I had gotten into weightlifting. So he no longer acted like he was going to punch me to make me flinch, much less actually hit me and we basically avoided each other for the most part. My mother found out that she had stage 4 cancer and no longer wanted to waste any of the time she had left with him. So she had a lawyer draft up a separation agreement whereby he would receive a set amount of money upon separation and would have 45 days to retrieve his belongings from the house. He had spent his entire inheritance in 6 months and then had to sell his mother's house that he grew up in in order to settle his debts shortly before they started dating and my mother bought the house back from the bank before they married. She allowed him to keep the house and he moved back into his mother's house. My mother passed away about 9 months after their separation and despite the agreement had been allowing him to come and get his stuff piecemeal. I put an immediate end to that. He was past the deadline to remove his personal effects and they were now legally mine to dispose of as I saw fit. I sold his baseball card collection around $14,000 and his autographed sports memorabilia around $11,000 and also sold all of his woodworking equipment along with several finished pieces of furniture that he had made. $6,500 I think. I kept his mother's engagement ring a platinum band with 3 diamonds, roughly 2 carats, his wedding band, his coin collection, I also collect coins, and some tools and other odds and ends. Now comes the real fun. Around a month ago, I finally saw him at the grocery store. As he was leaving, I approached him. I told him I had sold his collections as he was pushing his cart out towards his car. 
He reacted exactly as I expected. He took a swing at me multiple times. I already had my phone ready to dial 911. Several of these punches missed and the ones that did connect didn't have much effect because he's nowhere near as strong as he was 20 years ago in his 40s. And I was no longer a skinny little 15 year old. He continued to try to punch me as I spoke to the 911 operator and was actively ramming his grocery cart into my new Toyota as the police officers pulled into the parking lot. He was arrested for assault, communicating threats, and destruction of property. As a result, he lost his job and pension at the local middle school. And because he had never learned how to save money while married to my somewhat wealthy mother, ended up having to sell his mother's house because he hired an expensive lawyer, thinking he could somehow beat the charges. My nephew, who was on the football team, made it well known to his friends that he not only had just been arrested and convicted of assault, as well as other charges, but that he had also beat me as a child, causing several parents to call for him to resign from refereeing and umpiring for local sports games. My niece and my girlfriend's much younger sister are enrolled at the middle school where he worked and say that he was not only universally disliked, but when he came up to the school to get his belongings, he made a big scene and ended up hysterically crying as he was leaving. At least, that's what they've heard from the kids who were attending summer school at the time. His son, who he was equally abusive towards as a child, refused to take him in or help him out. So the abusive stepfather ended up having to take a job as a cashier at Walmart so that he could afford the rent on his sucky little trailer in an absolutely awful neighborhood. Even though that Walmart is not the closest Walmart to my house, that is now the only place where I go grocery shopping or to purchase anything that I need. I purposefully stand in line longer than I need, just so that he can be the one who has the pleasure of ringing up my purchases. The first time I went through his line, he attempted to ring up multiple items more than one time to overcharge me. And when I called him on it, he said that I was mistaken. I asked for a manager and the manager believed him that it was an accident, but he learned that he can't get away with that. The second time, I made sure to be as nice as possible and had to ask for a manager because he was overwhelmingly rude. The people in line behind me backed me up and he got in some trouble for that. Every time I go there and step into line, I see him die a little bit inside and it gives me so much satisfaction. Sometimes I'll say that I'm paying with exact change and as I'm about to hand him the money, I'll say, Oh, I didn't realize I had a rare coin from his collection in my pocket. I guess I'll use my credit card. I just sold his expensive ratcheting wrench set. And so on Monday when he works again, I'm going to go buy my daughter one of their better above ground pools. And as he's ringing it out, tell him, I know that my daughter is just going to love this pool. It's not like I would have ever used those expensive ratcheting wrenches anyway. OP, that was absolutely beautiful and a pleasure to read. That dude is a grade A douchebag. Like, what kind of guy trashes on someone who collects Pokemon cards and then collects coins and baseball cards? I'm going to be honest with you. Nowadays, collecting coins is nerdier than collecting Pokemon cards. So this happened during senior year in high school four years ago. I had an English teacher named Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Smith, or how she liked to refer to herself, Dr. Smith, she didn't have a doctorate, was a mean old bat that hated anything and everything. 
She was ugly inside and out. To give a mental image of what she looked like, her face sagged so much it looked like she had a perpetual stroke. She had about two feet in between her eyebrows and her eyes. Imagine Ursula and Cruella DeVille had a child and then that child had a baby with the devil. You get Mrs. Smith. None of the other English teachers liked her. There was nothing that they nor the administration could do due to her tenure. That is, until I became her student. Her teaching style included, but was not limited to, yelling at students, putting them down with petty insults, having us read to ourselves in the middle of class, kicking out students that were dozing off, then later fell asleep at her desk, not letting female students go to the restroom for very obvious reasons, and the occasional losing students' work then accused the students of not turning their work in. This last part is what crossed the line for me. You see, I wasn't a grade A student, and I sucked at English, so I always played my cards right and made friends with everyone, students and teachers included. So when I struggled and couldn't do something on my own, I let my charm save me and cash out on my months of being nice to everyone. However, no one could be friends with Mrs. Smith. I tried being polite. I was met with rudeness. I tried asking her how her morning was. I was met with silence and dead stares. I tried asking how I could improve my writing skills. She told me that she wasn't willing to help. Within the first week of class, I knew I'd met my match. So halfway through the semester, we're working on a big research paper. However, the day after the due date, Mrs. Smith had to go up to Illinois for some family issues for two weeks. Mind you, we turned in our papers both in hand and on turnitin.com for plagiarism checking. No biggie. We won't get our grades back for a while, but at least we won't have to deal with her BS. Or so we thought. A few days after she gets back, only about half of the students got their papers back. The other half, including myself, were sitting there staring and waiting, thinking that she was going to go back to her desk and pull out the remaining papers to return to her students. But nope. She told us to take out our textbooks and start reading Beowulf. Some students, including myself that didn't receive their papers, tried to interject and inquire about our papers. And she snapped back with, You should have turned them in when they were due. In unison, we responded, We did. Of course, she denies it, and within a few days, our grades drop immensely. At the end of the grading period, the second six weeks, our report cards show a big fat F for English. Everyone is livid. And the worst part is if you get anything below a C, you were to be moved to a lower level English at the end of the semester. Between the zero from the paper that carried almost half of our grade and only a few weeks remaining in the semester, almost half of the class was doomed to fail out. Now, most of the students were happy with having to leave her class. There was not much they could do, but I was careful. Remember the teaching methods I mentioned above? Well, Mrs. Smith thought that because we were in a classroom that had no cameras, her behavior wasn't being recorded. She was dead wrong. From the second week on, I started recording audio on my phone every day from the moment I walked into the class to the moment I left. Every day. I caught every single one of her personal attacks of students on tape. When she fell asleep, I pulled out my phone and recorded her. My pleas for help to improve and her refusal to help weren't left out either. 
Every day, I would go home and cut the audio to keep the good parts. And every day, my collection of dirt on her grew. And remember how I said we used Turnitin as well as paper? I had coordinated with all the other students who were going to fail to screenshot all of their Turnitin receipts and send them to me as proof that they turned in their work. When she decided to fail me for her mistake, she unleashed heck on herself. I went straight to the administration and scheduled a parent-teacher admin conference. A week later, my parents, the principal, the school counselor, the head of the English department, and Mrs. Smith were all present. I started with how she had lost half of the class's work and most of us failed because of it. She denied it and, again, accused us of turning our work in late as well as cheating and a bunch of other BS and lies. I remained calm and just pulled out a folder that contained all of the screenshots from my backpack and handed it to the principal, who then passed it to the head of the English department, who then asked Mrs. Smith to explain it. She instantly turned red in the face and started stuttering. Before she could get any words out, I say, that's not all. Listen to this. I pull out my phone and start playing back the highlights from the semester. All the while, I'm staring dead into Mrs. Smith's eyes while trying to hold back a poo-eating grin. The suspense in the room would have killed Jason Statham. After the audio finished, the principal looked at me and said, I think we've seen enough, and asked me to leave. I sat outside of the conference room, savoring the muffled yelling through the walls. I'm pretty sure I heard my dad utter the words filthy grunt, but I don't want to point fingers. The parent-teacher conference was on a Friday. I walked into class the following Monday to see an empty desk and a substitute teacher we all recognized and loved. 10 out of 10 would document everything again. This reminds me of an earlier pro-revenge story I covered on my channel where a teacher was singling out a student and the student recorded all the nasty insults she gave. I don't know why older teachers think they can get away with abusing Generation Z people nowadays. Since everyone's got a smartphone, the odds of you being recorded are pretty high. And we have another contribution from the freaky child down in the comments. I had something similar happen to me in English class when I was in high school. The abridged version is that I was a committed underachiever and knew how the grading system worked. So I did exactly enough to maintain a passing grade, foregoing homework whenever possible. There was this midterm paper that we needed to write and I figured out that I needed at least a B on it. I set to writing the best paper I could, hoping to get an A and make my other work a little less important. I turned in the paper, grading came back as an A- and I forgot about it. At the end of the term, reporting came that I had a failing 55 to 60-ish point final grade. I knew that wasn't right. A parent-teacher conference happened and the teacher said I had never turned in the paper. I produced the graded paper from my bag with her handwriting indicating the A- grade. It's important to say that when administration asked for justification on my final grade, she pulled out this ancient grade book. As she flipped pages, multitudes of loose post-it notes were flying around, each with other students' names and grades on them. So she was obviously not using the actual pages of the gradebook to record grades. It's no wonder she misplaced my grade. Their principal flat out told her to give me the grade that I had calculated because I kept everything and demonstrated that I deserved a 75 passing grade for the class. She was no longer teaching after that term. 
Our next Reddit post is from Vsauce Guy. I had purchased my first home in a slightly lower class area of town, which is pretty close to an even lower class area of town. Think slightly ghetto a mile from absolute trailer trash. I know most of my immediate neighbors since most of them are pretty loud and I'd rather be friendly with them than have them be my enemy. Some local kid likes to go around collecting trash in his free time. A real nice kid does it for really no reason. Whenever I see him, I usually get him a drink, lemonade or soda so he can stay hydrated. California is hot. Sometimes I give him a few dollars. I offer the kid 30 bucks a month to mow my lawn twice a month. So kid has a gig for a small but consistent income. The kid takes a lot of pride in his work. He mows the lawn, pulls weed, moves rocks out of the driveway, and just makes my place look extra nice. Even though I don't even ask him to do any extra work, this guy is great. This goes on for a few years. Kid is now a senior in high school. Family is not doing so great. Dad just lost his main source of income, and mom had accumulated debt which put a lot of stress on their failing marriage. Mom was abusive verbally and sometimes physically to both the kid and the father. But the kid keeps on walking, doing work, volunteering, and being a real happy, upbeat dude. Despite his troubles at home, the kid starts buying lawn decorations. Mostly small little gnomes, some decorative rocks, and a birdbath, and he decorates my yard. It looks amazing, but I knew he must have spent a lot of his own money on that. I try to reimburse him and he denies. He won't take it. I know he needs a car and I was about to get a newer one for myself so I gave him mine for free. It really was the least I could do for this guy for everything he's done for me. A few weeks later, a drunk driver t-bones the kid and he dies on the scene. I was devastated. His parents were devastated and they soon after got a divorce. They were fighting over who gets what, and the father discovers that the mother had a drug addiction she had been hiding, straight out of left field. She wants everything they had, and she lawyers up to fight the battle. Due to the debt the mother had accumulated on the father's bank account, he had really no money, and nobody knew where she got her money from. As sad as it is, it's not my affair. Until she sent me a letter claiming that the yard decorations are rightfully hers and that she will take them or else. Now this is a problem. I get it. You lost your only child. You're in a lot of pain as a parent. But you were never a good parent to him. I was closer to him than you by a long shot. So I had a meeting with the father and told him not to worry about the court costs. I decided I was going to fund him in court. Long story short about their divorce battle, but he wins and gets to keep everything and even gets a restraining order on her. He then files for credit card fraud and puts all the debt on her. I heard from the father that she was recently arrested for driving while drunk and was searched and had a decent stash of meth on her. She is currently awaiting trial for that while the father is living a life now relatively stress-free. And I got to keep my lawn decorations. Rip, Jonathan, you are missed. How disgusting do you have to be to drive drunk after losing a child to drunk driving? I'm glad she's going to jail. The world is better off without people like this. Our next Reddit post is from Mansker. 
Many years ago, early 1980s, I worked for a company that did what I called mall molesting. They did market research surveys in a mall and were always stopping people to ask questions, etc. The company was run by three older women who had started it in their kitchen. They were opinionated and had no care about anything but money. Part of this included paying employees not by the hour, but by the survey which was against labor rules as it never matched the basic hourly wage. This is important. Christmas came and we were planning our employee party when one of the owners called us and told us that in order to avoid paying bonuses, we were to fire everyone at the party and then hire back the ones that we liked after the new year. We, the other managers and I, talked about it and then I called the Federal Bureau of Labor, who had been trying to get the information for the employee pay for several years but had always been turned away. I had them come to the back door and let them into the file room and showed them the boxes. I then said I had things to do on the front and would be back later, and went to the front desk to finish paperwork I needed. Said paperwork, a blow up of Santa going down the chimney with Merry effing Christmas typed across it. All of the management resignations and the FedEx envelope that would hold our keys and said paperwork. Labor guy finished what he needed to do. We locked up, sent the package, which was time to arrive at their Christmas party and walked away. The company ended up spending about $250,000 in reimbursements and fines for the labor problem. Sounds like the US Labor Department is making a list and checking it twice to see which employer has been naughty or nice. Our next Reddit post is from Atelier Viewpoint. This story starts off with a slightly less humorous fact. A few days ago, I was on the unfortunate end of credit card fraud. The fraudsters decided to take my credit card info and purchase $1,000 worth of car parts from Philly and have it sent across the border to the city I currently live in, Vancouver, Canada. Normally, this is where the story ends. Sometimes they get away with it, sometimes they don't, but either way, my card is replaced and I continue on living my life. This, however, is where the fun starts happening. I got a call this morning about a DHL shipment entering the country that required customs to be paid. Knowing I haven't shipped anything with DHL in forever, they are the worst. I quickly come to the realization that it must be the fraudsters shipping their goods here. It can't be, I thought. Who in their right mind would use a stolen credit card to order something to their own house in the city the owner of the card lives? After a brief chat with DHL about the custom fees I will not be paying, I managed to obtain the address the package was being sent to. I hummed and hawed about it, but eventually decided the best thing to do was call the local police department and let them know what was up. I told the officer all about the situation, that unfortunately I didn't know what car the parts were for and that I hope this info helps him somehow in the future. He tells me that the chances are slim, but he'll swing by the house. It's literally 15 minutes from my own, just to see if anything weird is going on and follow up with me if he needs to. I thank him and go on with my workday. About an hour later, I get a call from the same officer, obviously excited. <laughs> Hi OP, it's Officer X. You will never guess what just happened. I was following up on the report and drove by the house. I decided to go knock on the door just to see if anyone was home and ask them a couple questions. 
A man opened the door and as we were talking, DHL drove up to deliver the package. Yes, that's right. The exact package we had been discussing. The delivery driver walks up to the door and says, hi, is OP there? To which the man replies, oh yeah, he's just downstairs. You can imagine my surprise. The officer said, that's pretty funny because I just got off the phone with him and I know for a fact he doesn't live here. The guy, no joke, looks the officer dead in the face and goes, oh, whatever, the package is paid for. I chuckled and turned to the DHL driver to tell him he should leave because I need to make an arrest. I'm calling you while I drive back to the precinct. Thought it might brighten your day. I still cannot believe that they caught the guy, but thought it was a story that was too good not to share. Why would the guy look the cop in the eyes and admit that he just paid for the obviously stolen package? What an idiot. That was r slash pro revenge and this is r slash puppy bloopers. Mostly small little gnomes, some dog. <clears throat> Mostly small little dog. Dog, you go. Come on, man. Go someplace else, please. I'm trying. I'm trying to record, dog. Pooch. Arf. You want cuddle? You want cuddle? No, you want to play. You want to play? Whoa, 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 whoa. Come here, Pooch. Come here. Roof. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm really sorry, but I can't play right now, dog. I can't play. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can cuddle for a minute. You want to cuddle a little? Come here. No, I can't. I can't chase you, dog. Go chew on some toy or something. Pooch. A woof. Arf. A woof. Arf, 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 arf. Dog. All right. Look, I got a job to do.